Welcome to It's a Crime, I'm Linda, and today we're gonna to be talking about more updates on the Vanessa Guillen case. The affidavit was released last night, a woman is charged and a man is dead, and now there's more details coming out about Vanessa's death, and it's not good. But before I get into it, if you'd like to be part of the It's a Crime community, please click that subscribe button below and hit that notification bell. Please share this video out where you can and give it a like if you support it. Now, let's get into it. In the past few days, there's been some major developments in the Vanessa Guillen case. What's believed to be Vanessa's remains has been found, the man behind it committed suicide, and the woman that helped has been arrested and charged. I'm gonna read part of the affidavit and then we'll get into it more. Vanessa Guillen went missing on April 22nd. Here's what the affidavit says. On April 23rd, USACID was notified by a captain in the Regimental Provost Marshal, 3rd Cavalry Regiment, Fort Hood, Texas, that Private First Class Vanessa Guillen had been reporting missing by her unit. A witness stated that PFC Guillen left the arms room where she was working to visit the arms room at another location at Fort Hood, one controlled by Specialist Aaron Robinson, in order to confirm serial numbers for weapons and equipment. The witnesses verified that PFC Guillen left the arms room without her U.S. Army identification card, bank card, or car keys with her barracks key attached. The witness stated that her property was still in the arms room when he secured the arms room for the day. A search of PFC Guillen's phone records revealed the last outgoing text message from her phone was a message to SPC Robinson's phone. SBC Robinson was one of the last people known to have seen PFC Guillen. On April 22, 2020, SPC Robinson stated he texted PFC Guillen to inform her he was in the arms room. He said she read serial numbers for equipment and afterward he gave her paperwork and the serial number for a 50 caliber machine gun which needed to be serviced. He said she left the arms room and he believed she would have next gone to the motor pool. Witnesses at the motor pool prepared to receive the paperwork from PFC Guillen stated she did not arrive with the papers. And then six days later, on April 28, 2020, USACID interviewed SPC Robinson. So almost a week later. Among the things he said concerning his activities on April 22nd, SPC Robinson stated that after he finished his work, he went to his off-post residence he shared with his girlfriend Cecily Aguilar and did not leave the rest of the night except around 6.30 p.m. when he had to come on post to sign on to a government computer to enroll in training. Then, three weeks later on May 18th, 2020, which would be almost a month that Vanessa went missing, Two witnesses were interviewed who stated that on April 22, 2020, they observed SPC Robinson pulling a large tough box with wheels that appeared very heavy in weight coming out of the arms room, the same room where SPC Robinson worked. The two witnesses observed SPC Robinson load the tough box into his vehicle and drive away. The next day on May 19, 2020, SPC Robinson consented to a search of his cellular phone by UFED extraction. A review of the phone call logs revealed SPC Robinson called Aguilar multiple times during the night of April 22, 2020 and as late as 3.30 a.m. on April 23, 2020. 
SPC Robinson also received calls from Aguilar throughout the day. Then, another month later, on June 19th, which would make this three days shy of the two-month mark for Vanessa, Cecily was interviewed. It says, Cecily Aguilar, girlfriend of SPC Robinson, was interviewed on June 19, 2020. Aguilar stated she was with SPC Robinson all night on April 22, 2020. She was asked why SPC Robinson would call her after midnight if he was at the residence with her. She stated she could not find her phone and had SPC Robinson call the phone to help her find it. This statement, however, is inconsistent with the lengths of the calls. SPC Robinson called Aguilar several times throughout the night and the calls after midnight were for lengths greater than one minute. Aguilar, during a re-interview, stated that she lied in her previous statement. She stated she did leave her residence because one of the ways she copes is by taking long drives. My question is coping with what? Aguilar stated that she was with SPC Robinson on the night of April 22, 2020, where they took a long drive to a park in Belton, Texas, to look at the stars. Aguilar stated that after going to the park, they returned home. An analysis of phone records pertaining to SPC Robinson's telephone was conducted. A review of the location data revealed that at approximately 1.59 a.m., April 23, 2020, SPC Robinson's cell phone was identified in the vicinity of FM 436 and West Main Street in Belton, Texas, specifically on or around a bridge. SPC Robinson's cell phone then tracked along the Leon River in a northward direction. SPC Robinson's cell phone remained in the area for approximately two hours. Aguilar's cellular telephone location data was also analyzed later, and it revealed she and SPC Robinson were near the Leon River together on April 23, 2020 and April 26, 2020. So they were there the night that Vanessa went missing, and it's saying there that they went back there on the 26th of April. Now, remember in the beginning when I was talking about Vanessa's phone, it was reported that it was pinging in Belton. And then all of a sudden, there was a statement saying from the Army that that was incorrect and that it didn't ping in Belton. Super interesting how they were in Belton and original reports was that Vanessa's cell phone pinged there. Yet then all of a sudden it was like, no, 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 that was erroneous. I'll keep reading the affidavit. It says, based upon this data, personnel from USACID, Bell County Sheriff's Office, and Texas Rangers searched the Leon River site in Belton, Texas on June 21, 2020. A burn site with disturbed earth was identified. What appeared to be the burned remains of a plastic tote or tough box were found nearby in an area near where SPC Robinson's phone pinged. The soil beneath the burn site was remarkably softer and moister. That's the word in here. Then the soil found at similar depths merely feet away and had an odor of decomposition. However, no remains were located. About 1 p.m. on June 30th, 2020, USACID was notified that contractors working on a fence adjacent to the Leon River in Belton, Texas, discovered what appeared to be human remains. USACID, along with FBI, BCSO, USMS, and Texas Rangers, searched the area and identified scattered human remains that appeared to have been placed into a concrete-like substance and buried. 
About 8.30 p.m. June 30th, 2020, Aguilar was interviewed and admitted that SPC Robinson told her that on April 22nd, 2020, he struck a female soldier in the head with a hammer multiple times at his arms room, killing her on Fort Hood. Affiant knows that this arms room is located within the special maritime and territorial jurisdiction of the United States and in an area of exclusive federal jurisdiction. Aguilar advised the female soldier never made it out of the army alive, referring to Fort Hood. SPC Robinson then placed her in a box and moved the box to a location near the Leon River in Belton, Texas. Paragraphs 14 through 19 are a summary of Aguilar's statements to law enforcement on June 30th, 2020. On the evening of April 22nd, 2020, or the early morning of April 23rd, 2020, SPC Robinson picked Aguilar up at a gas station she worked at and took her out to a site near the Leon River and near a bridge. A box with wheels and handles was already at this site. SPC Robinson walked Aguilar over to the woods and opened up a box for Aguilar and she saw a dead female inside the box. Aguilar, on a later date, identified the dead female as Vanessa Guillen. To more easily dispose of and to conceal the body of the dead female, SPC Robinson and Aguilar proceeded to dismember the dead female's body. They used a hatchet or axe and a machete-type knife. They removed the limbs and the head from the body. SPC Robinson and Aguilar attempted to burn the body. However, the body would not burn completely. They placed the dead female in three separate holes and covered up the remains. Based upon the aforementioned facts, there is probable cause to believe that a violation of Title 18 United States Code 1512CNK, that is, conspiracy to corruptly alter, destroy, mutilate, or conceal an object, or attempts to do so with the intent to impair the object's integrity or availability for use in an official proceeding, was committed by Cecily Aguilar. Additionally, the original offense of murder was committed on the Fort Hood military installation located within the Waco Division of the Western District of Texas, a place of special maritime and territorial jurisdiction of the federal government. A murder at Fort Hood and any related obstruction offenses would be pursued as a criminal proceeding in the United States District Court, Western District of Texas. So Cecily Aguilar was charged with one count of conspiracy to tamper with evidence and no bond. She faces 20 years in jail and a $250,000 fine if she's convicted. She does have a hearing early next week in Waco, Texas. Stay tuned for the date of that. And last night I was doing a members only live stream in my Crime Ring membership and we were snooping on Cecily's Instagram and we saw some disturbing posts of her that were made just two days after Vanessa was murdered and dismembered. And she actually takes pictures in the gas station that she works at, it looks like the gas station, scantily clad. And she says this, she was born in fire, fierce to melt the iron, you fell in love with a woman who knows how to tame the dragon. She's the Targaryen of her own soul. And in another post, just a week after Vanessa was killed, she says, he showed her the darkest part of him and she said, black is my favorite color. Here's her boyfriend, Aaron Robinson. As for him, we know that Vanessa was found and he ended up killing himself shortly after that. But not after running, though, for two hours. And he wasn't even in custody or anything like that prior to that.
And we did see Vanessa Guillen's family this week speak out in a press conference in Washington, D.C. The Guillen family drove 22 hours, 22, 23 hours from Texas to be there in Washington. And I did do a live stream on that and I will link that in the description below and in the comments. The family was seen with their lawyer, Natalie Kawam, and they were demanding a congressional investigation. They were speaking out, seeking justice for Vanessa. And they even said, we believe this is Vanessa that they found. And Tim Miller said the same thing of EquiSearch. He said the search is over. So Natalie Kawam, the family's attorney, gave some interviews since then and explained how Aaron Robinson met Vanessa in the armory room and what she said was on April 22nd Vanessa did go into work. Aaron Robinson met her in the armory room and then Natalie was talking about the story she was told. She said that Aaron had the girlfriend Cecily and Cecily was married to a former soldier of Fort Hood and she was saying in this interview that Vanessa was saying I have to report this he said no you're not going to ruin my career and he grabbed the first thing he could find which was a hammer and bludgeoned her in the head over and over and over and Natalie says the whole armory room was filled with blood and he took her body and put it in the case and then leaves and then comes back on the base at 6 p.m., takes her body and takes it to the river. And she says that he decides there that he can't do this all by himself. So he calls his girlfriend, Cecily, to come and help him. So Natalie goes on to say that they lit her body on fire and tried to burn it, wasn't having success at it. And they decide to take a machete and start dismembering Vanessa. And then... Natalie said they put it in different places and they used some sort of quick dry product um, that's cement and put her in a shallow grave with this cement on top of her. And even Tim Miller was talking about they had lime as well to, to put on her. And then what Natalie said was they took the machete, threw it out the window when they were driving. They destroyed Vanessa's phone, threw that out the window and threw the hammer out the window as well. And then what Natalie said was this was between 12 or one o'clock and four in the morning. So between 12 and four um, on the 23rd. And then Natalie says, while Myra, Vanessa's sister, was showing up at base because her sister's missing, these guys were busy dismembering Vanessa. What Natalie also was talking about was between 10.23 and 11.13 in the room, she's saying it makes no sense that he had enough time, meaning Aaron, to clean up the crime scene in 43 minutes. And she says, you know, she's questioning how could no one have seen him? How could no one hear her scream? I mean, there's so many loopholes to this story. And... Natalie also says that they wanted to give Aaron a polygraph test and he refused it. But they're saying the polygrapher actually interviewed Aaron and said he's lying. And she said that they were able to keep him on base 
saying something about COVID to stay and they told him not to leave the room and he said okay and then he goes and leaves the room it was reported and then she says he somehow walked out and escaped the base and then two hours later they were able to find him and she says I don't even know how he was able to get a gun at this point but he shot himself before they could arrest him. She says people came forward, they were seeing him with the case. She says, but they still did not get a warrant for his arrest or anything. And she says they were saying, you know, well, it couldn't be him. And the army saying that it wasn't Aaron that actually called Vanessa into work. So this is very interesting. There just seems to be more and more and more things covered up. She says the three NCOs saw her at one and changed the story. Because if you remember back in April, they were saying that 1 p.m. was the last time she was seen. And now they changed the story. So she says it seems like so many people are covering up. She says the roommate of Aaron might be hit with lying because they stated that they saw Aaron that night. Now, one of the most interesting things I heard was actually from Tim Miller from Equisearch. He was on Nancy Grace and he spoke about the investigation. There was that Pelican case involved and it was also stated that Aaron Robinson was seen on that base with that Pelican case and struggling to get into his car. And Tim Miller found a part of that case during the investigation and this is what he said. In the interview he says I normally don't put out information that I know on in an investigation like this but I felt there was a cover-up I know I'm the most hated person in with the military right now because I said all this stuff but the reason I said all this stuff was hopefully somebody would start talking and get out there and I knew the minute that we found the burn pile and the pelican case that it had something to do with it and I can tell you this for a fact the CID investigator that was out there with us when we found that didn't think it had any relevance to the case. We had to push and push and push him and he said, well, the case didn't look like that. And one of our people actually Googled the Pelican case and showed him the picture before he was willing to even go to the site to look at it. So there is a ton of discrepancies and Tim Miller who's been doing this for 20 years if he's saying there's some weird things happening he even used the word botched there's something going on Tim goes on to say these are uncivilized animals we don't even go to this extent when we are fighting our enemies in the war it's just unthinkable I don't even have words we knew we knew immediately something terrible terrible happened at that burn site and again for that investigator not to be interested in the beginning when we found it, we just all shook our head and said, what the hell is the matter with them? And if we rewind a little bit, I'm going to talk more about this interview because they made some very excellent points. If we go back to April 22nd, when Vanessa arrives at her job, they're saying, meaning the army, that Aaron did not call Vanessa into work. So who did? And it's my understanding from the kajillion comments underneath my videos that there's supposed to be three people from my understanding at the armory room. Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments below, but that's what many people are saying. There's has to be like three people. Okay, we set that aside. 
Vanessa's in the armory room and in this interview they were talking about how the army told her that it was this was all over about Cecily and how Vanessa was going to go speak about Cecily um, that you know you're not supposed to be having a relationship with someone who's married but then Nancy's like no 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 this is how it went down she in her opinion she said Vanessa probably called him out on the sexual harassment slash sexual abuse and he said I don't think so nobody's gonna ever believe you and Vanessa would have said well they'll believe about Cecily that was Nancy Grace saying this is how I think it went down you can hear Natalie in the background go yeah mm-hmm mm-hmm you can hear her agree so whatever way it happened it it happened right and then she was bludgeoned with a hammer now it is disturbing it is so disturbing but she was bludgeoned with a hammer so many times that her face was shattered Natalie said they couldn't even do dental records because everything was just everything was shattered now they made an interesting point and they used paint as an example they said think of a paint can and dipping a brush in there and then swinging it over your shoulder how much paint would be everywhere the ceiling the walls so how did somebody do this and then clean up within 43 minutes not only that it wouldn't just be the walls and the ceiling and everywhere splattered right it would also be on him so how does he and Natalie the attorney said this how does he clean himself up how does he clean the room up there's no chemicals there's no cleaners there's no towels there's nothing in there from what my understanding is what she said so he would have had to leave the armory room and go grab stuff to clean it and he would be covered unless did he have another set of clothes there and he pre-planned this so he would go grab this stuff come back nobody sees him nobody I find that hard to believe then they're saying then they're saying that he's done this in 43 minutes flat how are you going in there doing that cleaning up everything in 43 minutes another thing is that hammer that was used ended up being missing right it was thrown out the window so Natalie Kawam says what about the hammer was he accountable for the missing hammer was he reprimanded no she says so a hammer is missing a soldier is missing and Aaron Robinson's there and you're fine and you're finding all the pings and Cecily yet what's going on right Aaron's not reprimanded for a missing tool and kind of no questions about it it's ridiculous and also there's very few people who have access to that arms room very few people now back to cleaning up not only did they have to clean the room up but there's also a body now full of blood 
And so that needs to be taken care of, right? So how do you do that in 43 minutes? Another thing that Natalie said was they never subpoenaed the text messages. So there is all kinds of holes in this. And the army actually finally made a statement. And what was really, really, um, I was taken aback on, maybe not taken aback is not the right word, but I didn't like what he said when he was like, there is no credible evidence that Vanessa Guillen was sexually harassed by Aaron Robinson. Well, just because no one's talking about it doesn't mean it's not there. And clearly, something happened for Vanessa to go missing and then bludgeoned to death and dismembered and chucked in three holes. One of the other things that I found and read was that the cameras on base are dummy cameras. They don't even work. And Natalie says, are you kidding me? These cameras are fake? How can you be the army and have fake cameras? I just don't even understand that. Oh, hey guys, yeah, no, those guns that you have, fake. Good luck though, good luck in war, fake. So any way you look at this, there's a whole bunch of things wrong at Fort Hood. And the more you look into it, the more you see there's a lot of people covering up. Tim Miller of EquiSearch is saying, botched. And he's disgusted at what happened. But these guys messed with the wrong family and they definitely messed with the wrong lawyer because I believe Natalie is going to get to the bottom of it. And I think with all of us sharing this message, getting it out there, I think that it's going to put a lot of pressure at Fort Hood. And now they can't turn a blind eye. So hopefully they do a haul over and figure out what the heck is going on because these soldiers are being killed, plural more than plural, over and over and over and over and over and over every single year. And it's absolutely crazy. And the most horrific thing is the Guillen family not only loses their sister, their daughter, but they lose her in this manner and she's 20 years old. And all she wanted to do was be in the army since 10 years old. That was her dream. Imagine she gets there at the base and she starts her career in the army. And then this starts happening where she's being harassed and this guy's in the shower, which the army said, no, 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 like we have no credible evidence of that. Well, you want credible evidence? Go look at where Vanessa is. Are you saying that it happened for nothing? Or it happened because somebody had to cover their butt? And it's going to be more than one person. It's going to be very, very, very interesting what comes out because soldiers are starting to speak now. And the saddest thing is Vanessa's mom doesn't even know as of yesterday. Doesn't even know about all this. She had symptoms of a heart attack 
the other day and Natalie said she knew something was wrong. She even said something's not right. She said something's not right. And they had the ambulance show up because of she was have because she was having symptoms of a heart attack. And then she's been in bed. She doesn't even know these details. Thank God. Because nobody should have to bury their baby and nobody should have to bury their baby this way. And definitely not from the freaking army this way. It's disgusting. And let's have a chit chat below. We'll talk about this. I'll update you when I can. And please leave some hearts down for Vanessa and their family and their loved ones. Justice is coming, Vanessa. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon.